Hello and welcome to another episode of the Town End, the Talca Park screw job. Uh, really disappointing end to what was another promising game. And here to discuss it with me, we've got Gally. Even. Donald, and he's on time tonight, Steph. <laughs> well, lads, it was another promising, uh, promising performance overall, but a very disappointing end to the game, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it's uh, it, it's more. It's probably the I seen a couple of tweets there, and it's there seems to be a bit of anger about it. It's a bit early for that kind of crack, but I think it's probably the first result that you're, an, you're not annoyed with, but disappointed with. You know, like I mean, there's we've had some. You know, we've had the draw last week and stuff like that, but I think it's the first where I've been very disappointed with it. I think just you know, you know, even simple things. Like we, we've had a lot of the ball, but then we're at this crack again. Well. You know, and, and and it was guilty under Kenny as well and Pert that we keep the ball and then do nothing with it. And it was simple stuff. Sometimes it's it's better just to go very direct with it, um, and it's frustrating. And like I don't I don't think that like, the first half in particular I don't think it was great for either team. But you know, probably fifty fifty on possession. But again, nothing nothing in the final third. You know, Wardy was getting hold of the ball sometimes. Bradley was okay. I know they took them off at half time, but like. I, I joked. I joked on our, on our chat that you could rerun the, you know, before the goal went in, we we could rerun the post match from last week because it, it was almost a carbon copy. Um, yeah, it's it's the first night that I'm, I wouldn't say I'm lost awards. I'm disappointed with it. That's probably the best way I can put it. And look, at I know it's early doors. We've no right to be too disappointed with it, with the change we've had. But yeah, that's that's probably the, the best way I can sum it up with one word. Yeah, I think it's it's disappointing, isn't it? The manner and kind of just how how we drew the game. Um, Don and myself and yourself were talking before the lads came on. Um, obviously about, you know, it's great the amount of possession we're having, but it is, you know, I think we we discussed it off air that it was we had three shots on target, we had two two off target. You know, that's probably not enough for the amount of possession we had, isn't it? No, and I think there's there's a couple of ways of looking at the whole like the performance overall. I mean, if um, aside from a clumsy mistake or a miscommunication or whatever that was at the end of the game with the two centre backs and the goalkeeper were probably coming out of there with three with three points and were fairly comfortable for the whole match. Um but then I think what we're saying there, like the the amount of possession that we had, um we shouldn't have been in a position where if we make a mistake with a couple of minutes to go, we don't get three points. Like we should be putting those games out of sight. Um I thought like for most of the first half, I thought it's just it's there for us to win it. Like I didn't think shells were going to create many chances to like uh, get a couple of goals ahead of us. You know, I thought like they had the uh, good old Jr. had a good chance in the first half that he um, wanted into the sky, so he missed that. But aside from that, they didn't really create that many chances, so it was there for us to win it. Um, and. I think I had written down in the first half from one of the fellas in the first half that I don't think I, there's no referees in European football that are more susceptible to crowd noise than League of Ireland referees. That there was a Sam Bone challenge with I don't know who the Shells player was, but the crowd went nuts and all the players gathered around. So I was convinced he was going to send them off just because there was that much fewer around it. And it was the same with the incident for the penalty that as soon as there was that much noise and that much outrage from the shells players i was like he's he's just gonna he's gonna give a penalty like he's not gonna be able to, he's not gonna turn around and say no that's not a penalty i've made it you know made up my mind but 
Um, I think the thing, thing that we'd have to remember as well is like, we're going to be pointing this out a lot. And it's going to annoy people. It's already annoying people on social media. Uh, but a lot of those lads have a hell of a lot of learning to do. Like playing games in front of crowds, like that type of thing hasn't happened to them. Like that kind of game tonight hasn't happened to them. You know, like they have to learn so much. And we have to understand that um, and appreciate like there will be mistakes like we had tonight and there will be games where say someone who's in red hot form doesn't show up or it doesn't play well or whatever it is like we're going to have that kind of inconsistency so it's just something that we're going to have to get used to and um, but yeah it's an overall it's like a, it's a disappointing evening because you're that close to three points that would have been really really helpful for us yeah um and Steph, moving on to you, we obviously we there was a couple of changes tonight, and one of them I think was uh, was one that's kind of been called out for on social media, and it's been said on other podcasts um, throughout the last couple of weeks. Mark Hanrat, he came in uh, as deputised at left back. Um, how do you feel he done? I think you know personally, I think he done all right, didn't he, for for a young fella to, to come in? I think it, I could be wrong, but I think it's his first start for the club, so it's nice uh, nice to see a player coming through the academy and and coming on and just looking so comfortable on the ball, wasn't it? Yeah, look, he was very calm and he was picking out his passes and even once or twice he he took on the winger like which which showed a bit of confidence. Um he was he was playing the ball into the winger, but sometimes he was clipping it in instead of like if if you ping it in towards him, the, the winger can get get at it quickly and then make up his decision. Sometimes it was just a bit slow, but look you can't have it he's playing out of position. He, he could transform into a good left full. Like, look, some of his positional play mightn't have been, mightn't have been great at times. But look, he learn all that the more the more games he's played. But to come in into a into a hostile atmosphere like like Donald mentioned already, and I thought he he accounted for himself really really well. Like he was he was calm and composed. He sort of rode his luck on one. I think he was coming across. He tried to come across the field. He sort of no choice, but tried to come across the field and it was sort of a block tackle but the ball sort of rolled for him so look you I don't know you can't really have too much complaints on him he didn't really he didn't really put a foot out of, out of place like and he was solid enough um, and that, that that'll do him the world of good as well I think he's, he's played the 90 minutes and even in the last couple of minutes the ball sort of went in behind him and he was chasing back towards his goal but he didn't panic he 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 got to the ball first ahead of good old JR and and uh, won the foul then. So yeah, look, I thought I thought he done reasonably well. It was just disappointing to give away that goal. It's a long ball straight from the centre half, Luke Bourne. And I thought Conley was calling for offside. It'd be interesting to see how close it was. He was adamant it was offside, and then he was very close to the edge of the box. It could have been outside the box as well. So. But it was a rush of blood from Shepard that he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have happened. And you know, I thought there was enough defenders around there. And even even if even if the striker does get on it, he still has a bit of work to do to finish the ball. It's not like he's tapping it into an empty net. Maybe a bit of rush rush of blood to the head and inexperience. And um, hof- hopefully uh, Shepard will learn from learn from that because it's it's a mistake that's caused us in the end. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. 
Gally, obviously one of the one of the players that came in and started tonight's another one we've kind of been championing for his performances off the bench this season. Keith Ward, um, if you take away the the obviously he set up uh, the corner was it for the goal uh, or was it free kick or whatever? But free kick, yeah. Free kick, but how do you feel he done overall tonight? Um, yeah, I mean we were looking from the start of the match. You know, we were talking earlier in the week about the sofas last week and and Sligo and stuff, and you know. He needs to be playing on a snooker table to really kind of get to get the best out of him. But I think, you know, his influence, like, I think at one stage in the first half in the corner of the box to the left of the telly, we watched it. He must have three or four defenders around him, but they don't know what to do with him. You know, like, it's he's so fast. It, it's not even that he's pacey, it's his feet, but his vision of passing is incredible. But I look, I, I don't think it was his best game, but I definitely think he had enough influence on the game. I mean, his ball for the goal. Is, is, is excellent you know he couldn't have picked it any better Holman's got up for a well um but I don't think we have another player like that I know we got strong you know decent midfield but I don't think we have obviously with Mark and Lenny last season that was that element of it but you know in, in a similar vein maybe Ryan O'Kane but you know it, it'll be a long time before we see that probably level from him but having him coming off the bench is excellent but it's great to see him starting a match and getting a run at it from, from the off the pitch the pitch isn't great but look if we give out a bit of pitches every week, we'll be we'll never get a podcast off the ground here. But um I, I thought he was decent. I, I didn't think he was excellent, but I thought he was I thought he had enough influence in the match. The the problem we had was that he was getting plenty of the ball and we were getting plenty of the ball, but there was just no no end product. It was always going to be a goal like that, you know, a set piece, a corner kick, whatever it may be. I mean, like Steph mentioned the sucker punch the keeper, but like I mean, you know, we've called the keeper and I probably done it as well, but I mean he's had a great game up until then. You know, he's come out from his box. Maybe he doesn't think the defenders are pacey enough. He obviously thinks he's outside the box because he's gone with it with his head and he's, he's caught your man with his shoulder. If he thinks he's inside the box, he just goes and grabs it. But momentum would have taken him out anyway. So it would be interesting to we'll see what happened. I've seen the replay. I st- it's definitely a foul. I still don't know anybody at the match. I don't know what kind of eye line they had, but I still don't know if it's a penalty shot or not. The referee didn't know. The linesman kind of he kind of went to the, the end line to make, to make it look like it was a penalty to make up the referee's mind. But... You know, I, I think just going back to the original question, Wardy, look, he's a, he's a massive presence on the field. I mean, his, his range of passing, like he, he can bring a game that's that's going very slow, and just change the complete pace of it from from the final third right up. But he, he also comes deep for it when he needs. It. He didn't come too deep tonight for it, but yeah, look, a player like that coming off the bench. I mean, there's there's teams in the league that don't have that quality on the bench. I mean, I, I think I think he's a cracking player, but today probably wasn't just his night. Um, but he had enough influence to kind of. If we, if we just had, I think David Mack probably would have got better off him than Hoban, maybe just with the pace. But look, it, it's one of them games that you're just like I said at the start, it's a disappointing game. I don't think there's any, I'd be interested to see the man of the match shouts that we get because I don't know, I, I think it might be a slice of pizza for everybody. I don't know what way we're going to work this one out, but uh, yeah, look, look, I'm a fan of Keith Ward, I don't need to keep explaining. Yeah, speaking of that, if anybody uh, wants to win a free pizza tonight, send in your comments for Man of the Match tonight, um, and we'll get to it a little bit later on the show. But, Donald, um, obviously, as I said earlier, we only had three shots on target. One of them did, thankfully, result in a, in a goal, and another one for, for Pat Huben, who's now, I think he's 15 goals away from from breaking that record or from, from equaling the record. Um, it's a different system for him, isn't it? You know, he's having to play a little bit deeper in the game, but he, he is still getting those chances. I think he scored a couple now with his head. This season, how how do you feel he played? I thought he was very good. Um, it's it's a strange one when like your, your centre forward had, the, had pretty much only had one chance, and it's that header and scores. Like 
you can't you can't ask for any more from him than that. Like, but the the work rate, like he's uh, the work rate he puts in and the performances is always always well up there, you know, and he always makes his presence felt. Um, and like he has played, I guess, like a couple of different styles of football now the last few years. But like he's very comfortable coming, you know, deeper into the game and picking up the ball and and going forward with it. Um, it's an interesting one when he's pro- like he's been used to having one winger on the left hand side, and it's the same winger every single game. So he has to get used to the two boys changing game in and game out, and it was. Obviously, uh, disappointing that Dickie had to go off at the what looked like a hamstring injury, I think. Um, so that's a little bit more chopping and changing on the two either side of him. So he has to get used to playing with whoever it is is going to be like the uh, the first choice wingers. Um, but I think he's we know what we're, we know what we're going to get from him. Like we know if uh, he gets a ball that he doesn't like. He will let absolutely everybody in the stadium know he doesn't like the ball he's after getting. But we also know no one's going to work harder than him for like for ninety minutes. So he took his goal brilliantly, brilliant header, um, and it's what again, it's, it's just what you expect from him. Um, one chance and one goal. Uh, literally, like literally not anything else you can ask from him. It, it was a I thing. It's seen Jim Rod. It was a hundred, a hundred league goals. Is that right? The James Rod, like that's yeah. phenomenal, incredible, you know, like yeah, it's a phenomenal record for anybody. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I think we'll we'll talk a little bit more about the match in a little bit, but I'm just conscious of the fact that our guest has been sitting waiting for almost uh, 20 minutes now, so we're going to bring him in. Probably we do sick of listening to us already. We do advertise ourselves as uh, we discuss all things Lily White, and this season, um, it's been great to see that Dundalk FC has an under 17. Uh, ladies team playing in the Women's National League this year with a view um, on a five-year plan, I think, to to move into the, the senior women's division. So I'm delighted to welcome the head of the ladies programme, uh, Bernard Freeman. Bernard, how's it going? Well, how's it going, lads? Bernard, how are you? Not a bother. Can you hear me all right, yeah? Yeah, all good, all good, Bernard. Yeah, yeah. Bernard, so you, you kicked off last week with a with a 3-3 draw against Bowes and it, look at it, it's a historic moment for the club you know to have have a, a team playing in the in the women's national league how um, how did you feel after that Absolutely look this is a plan we've had together for probably the last probably 6 years since I took over the the Gareth football in Dundalk and myself and Martin Connolly kind of sat down 5 years ago and put this plan together to try and get a national league team together um lucky enough uh, even with the change of owners and everything else in during that stage, um, the plan still came together. Uh, th- yeah, last Saturday was our first game against Bowes. Uh, we were probably disappointed we didn't win. Uh, we were 3-1 up at one stage. Uh, we had an unlucky penalty, a bit like tonight, really. And um, I think the heads went down after that. But look, it's a great start to the season. Uh, Bowes is a team that's been there a long time now at this stage. And uh, to draw with them, is a good result at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, it, it's great to see it. And then you've got an under-16 team as well, isn't it, playing in the, the, is it the Metropolitan League? Yeah, we have an under-16 girls in the MGL, which is, yeah, the Metropolitan Girls League. Um, that's the original team that we grew from probably five years ago. We had them playing on the 13s, 14s, 15s, the whole way up. And we had a lot of su- uh, success with that team. Uh, we've a lot of new players in on that now this season, and we're look, still looking for a lot more. Um, 
Some of the girls moved on to the under-17s team. Uh, the rest stayed in the under-16s team and will probably move on over the next couple of years into the 17s and hopefully move forward from there. Yeah, so if you want, um, if you don't mind, Bernard, just for people maybe that didn't see, I, I read an article where you were talking a little bit more about, you know, the plan the plan going forward to get another 19 team and then eventually to have a, a senior women's team playing in the National League. Do you want to just talk people uh, a little bit through that? Yeah, as I said, this is our first year with the 17s. We'll probably keep that 17s going again for next year because most of the girls that we have will qualify onto that. Uh, in two years, we'll probably have a 17s and a 19s team then, or the 16s, 17s and a 19s team. So the 17s and the 19s will play in the Women's National League. Uh, and then the year after that, 2024-25, we should have a senior women's team if everything goes to plan. And that's basically the five-year plan. So 16s, 17s, 19s and senior women's, hopefully by 2024-25. Brilliant, brilliant. I'm going to bring Gally in in a couple of minutes. But uh, just, you know, being out in America, it's... Uh... You know, the, the women's game is obviously very big out here and I think it's fantastic to see just the effort that's being put in in, in Ireland now to promote the, the, the women's side of the game. So what, what kind of, Bernard, what brought you on to, or what inspired you to get involved and to, to head up this, this side of the club? Uh, well, believe it or not, six or seven years ago, my daughter uh, wanted to start playing football and there wasn't a whole lot of girls teams around at the time. Uh, Dundalk was probably one of the only ones in the area and she was lucky enough uh, to get on to that. Now, again, they were playing back in the in the MGL back then. And it was only small things. They were playing uh, seven aside. And they just uh, had about had seven players. I think there were seven or eight players at the time playing around. And that's what really kind of got me into it. There were short coaches because uh, there was one lad kind of running the whole lot. And he ran with the, the next team up. So I took on the younger team. And it just kind of ran from there. Good stuff, good stuff. As I say, it's great to see you. Gally, I'll bring you in there. Yeah, that, that's just what Bernard said. Like that's, you know, I was going to ask how you got involved and that's probably the answer you get from most people. It's, it's you know, your daughter's gone up, your kid's gone up and, you know, I we were the same. Like we set up the club but even before that, I was involved because family members were involved. It, it's so difficult and look, Bernard probably knows at the level they're playing at more than anybody. It's so difficult to get people involved and it, it's great to see because most of your coaches are going to come from the parents' sideline. You know, like, yeah, absolutely. Up, my, my attitude would be if, if you're up watching the match, you might as well get involved in the coaching if you can. So it's great to have, you know, it's, it's great that you started and now you're, 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 you've got your five-year plan in, in, in motion. I'd be interested just to ask, from my point of view, so you're linking in with the Loud School Girls League, like, you know, we've Castletown Bells. And, so you'd be looking to, I was reading your, your um, interview with James Rogers the other day, you'd be looking to kind of progress to probably the best of the best, I suppose, from, from the Loud School Girls League. Would that be a, a, you know, something you look to facilitate up at Oriel Park? Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, we'll be going around looking at the School Girls League. So they play up to under-14s at the moment. Hmm. Uh, we'll be looking at the girls that are in the emerging talent and uh, we'll be going around looking at the teams playing as well. That'd be, that'd be my end of the job now rather than the coaching end of it at the moment. And we'll be uh, inviting girls up to come and play for the under-16s. Hopefully now we'd have them for two years at the under-16s. So you're giving them time to develop yeah. and the style of play that we play in Dundalk. And hopefully they'll move then from the 16s up to the 17s National League and move on from there. Like The idea is to give any girl that wants the opportunity to play football at a top level, instead of having to travel to Dublin to do it, we're going to give them the opportunity to do it here in Dundalk. It's something probably that's been lacking. We've lost players over the years the likes of Bowes and Shelburne and Shamrock Rovers and stuff like that where local players have gone and played with them. And we've been lucky enough some of them have actually moved on and played for Ireland. Uh, like uh, Sophie Waters. 
So yeah. we want to give the Gareth that opportunity now to play in Dundalk and play for our home team and have it as a as a Dundalk based team. Yeah, I think that's I, I, I like even when like so when we my father was involved in the in the, in the club at you know mid noughties mm. so 2005 FEI Cup and that but like you say there the teams coming from Dublin like even the, the stories he would tell me teams wouldn't play even teams wouldn't come up here and play the Dundalk team they had to play a play see a full they won the league in Dublin playing a full season away from home like when you yeah. think about it it's it's you know to, to get a, a hub of football is is probably the best way of putting it in Oriel Park you know it's been it's especially the younger age groups you know what anybody can have a crack at the seniors if you've got the numbers but it's really up the underage system that that that'll kind of not bankroll but that's your conveyor belt of players for the next couple of years and it's it's fantastic to see like i think over the last probably two or three seasons in particular in particular since the loud school girls league started we've seen this rush of i think we're talking 600 local players playing the loud league so that will only benefit the likes of yourselves and martin and um i think i read that your son's involved as well is that correct yeah, he's involved in the coaching of the under 16s. Yeah. So. Yes. Like, and, and that's where you start. That's what I got involved with my father as well. And, and that's what you want. You, you need that kind of approach to it. You want people who are going to be invested in it. And, um, you know, the loud, the, the likes of the Loud League and, and you've been up there, we've never had that before. Whereas the schoolboys would have had it for years. So the work you're doing, you know, it's, it's fantastic that it's going to kick off. What it might. My main, the kind of the, the, the angle I'd be looking at it from would be your five-year plan. Would you would you consider taking like would you have the option of players from Dundalk, but would you also open the scope then around Loud, Drada, you know, Cavan, Mon, and that type of thing? Or would you would you like it ideally to be in the local area? I suppose. No, absolutely. Like, we're, as as we're working with the Loud School Girls League, we're also look, working with the Cavan Monaghan School Girls League as well, because yeah. they don't have uh, they wouldn't have as big a setup as Loud would at the moment. Yeah. Um, so we've been in talks with um, Calvin Monaghan as well. So they're going to step in as well and uh, give us a hand with players. But look, we'd love to have a loud based. We're open to all players. Yeah. But uh, yeah, ideally, we'd love to have a loud based team um, if the quality's there. Now, I think it is. Um, it's just a matter of going out and finding it. And again, it's a matter of the clubs uh, coming out and helping us with it. Because as I say, what we want to do is we want to progress the players on as much as we can and give them every opportunity to have. Yeah, and just to, not to re-quote you on anything that you said, but just one of the bits I read, you know, I just have it written here. You're you're uh, you're not just doing it for the sake of doing it, and I think that's we've seen it over the years that a lot of clubs have entered leagues. Like Shamrock Rovers are probably one of the high-profile ones that entered a women's team, and I think that quote there, they probably done it for the sake of doing it, and it, it didn't go too well. It cost them a lot of money, and they end up kind of just folding. So I think the approaches have now is 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 by far and away the best approach, and. I know, you know, we're singing from the same hymn sheet. I know Pink and coach a lot of girls out there in the in the States as well. But you got to progress the younger ones. And I think it's, look, I think it's fantastic what you're doing. And I'd be interested to see how, like, even I like, give you a, a plug day. He's playing tomorrow, I think, at one o'clock. Is that correct? That's right, yeah. We're playing um, Shamrock Rovers tomorrow. Yeah. So that should be a big game. That's at one o'clock in Oriel Park itself. So it's our first home game. Of, uh, so, of so if anybody's about, if anybody's listening on our free tomorrow, I'll be up myself hopefully because we don't have any games yet in the Loud School Girls League. So look, if anybody's about, look, this this is, you know, it's it's easy for me to say and for you to say, Bernard, because we're involved in it and Pingu as well over in Chicago. But, you know, this is the best young talent at that age group in the area. So, you know, if you're free and you're available to go up and watch, you know, why not? You know, get, lend your support and, 
you know, it, it's a, it's a, it can only benefit everybody. I mean, the old crowd, these young ones playing in front of the crowd, like you say, it's a first home game. Shamrock Rovers coming to town. I don't know. I, I, I vaguely remember a girl from the dog playing for Shamrock Rovers. Is she still at that age group? The, the girl from Belogan. Uh, that's know, right. She might have progressed on forward, but that could be a nice wee homecoming if she's if she's still playing at the Rovers team. You never know. We might actually convince her to come back and play for the dog. Well. <laughs> well, that's look. And now she has a reason because it, it wasn't available to her, and that's what that's what he's are trying to do up in Oriel. And if, yeah, if look, you don't provide honest, it, yeah. Look, to be honest, you, uh, a couple of years ago, like as I said, we play in the MGL, and the MGL have an emerging talent as well. And up till probably a couple of years ago, no player outside of Dublin um, played on it. Right. So Dundalk was one of the first teams to have a uh, have a player outside of Dublin playing in the MGL uh, Academy squad. You know, so that was that was right. another kind of real push for us to show that we had quality. Uh, and from that, we ended up having uh, twelve players on it last year between the two age groups. Fantastic, so yeah. you know the quality is there if we can um, if we have the opportunity to show it. And we're lucky that the club has given us full backing this year. I know and Martin Connolly over the last couple of years as well. Uh, to be able to get to where we are today, I, I what if I, I see the I read you, the headline here? You have it's lofty ambitions. I don't know if it's that lofty. I mean, you know, you, it's a Dundalk at the end of the day, it's a Dundalk team. It's, a, it's you know, it's it should rightly be in the women's national league. Would you envisage kind of, you know, would you have a goal set? Is it just a matter of playing in the league and playing regular, or would you have kind of bigger ambitions? I know, obviously, as you, when you get the seniors. There's only so many players that can get selected from 16s, 17s, 18s, whatever way it goes. But would you have, you know, would you set your sights on anything in particular? Yeah, look, as I said, we're not doing it just for the sake of doing it. We're doing this, uh, we're going to be competitive this year. Um, as I said, we play from the MGL, we play these teams every week. So this is naturally just the next level up is the National League. So we played the likes of Piemont and Shelburne and um, Bowes every week anyway. So this is just yeah. really the next age group up. And we've done well over the last couple of years playing them. Um, as I said in the interview, would um, what I'd love to see someday is the senior team and the the two senior teams actually, the men and the women, in the FAI Cup final on the same day in the Aviva, and both teams coming home with the trophy. You know, I know yeah. it's probably a big ask, but you know you might as well dream high when you're going. That's it. Like you, you got to like if, like you say, what if you provide it for the players? I, I, and something I you touched on there, the talent is here. And like I've said it on these podcasts before, with girls soccer and the loud school girls, like the talents it's one hundred percent here, and it's just about harnessing it and getting. It, it's probably more attitude than anything else towards girls soccer that's been lacking. It's not that the players haven't been there. Unfortunately, you would have lost some over the years to Gaelic and stuff like that. But I definitely agree with you on the talents. Definitely here. There's, there's no. I've seen it. You know, many times. Like you say, the ETP and loud. An excellent setup. Um, yep. Mick Neville's involved there as well, well known at Oriel Park over the years. And it is, you know, one hundred percent. I believe that you know, I, I, there's no doubt that a five-year plan. I know last year it was mentioned maybe, I think they were talking maybe twenty twenty-two with a senior team. That was probably a little bit ambitious, but I think it's the right idea. Um, with the five-year plan, and I, I think it'll only go from strength to strength. Um, I think it's. I, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to the game tomorrow. Just looking forward to having you know. National ladies football in the area—it's—it's—it's it's, it's something that's not been done before. And you know, although the, the old and dark team that won the FA Cup would have played in the Dublin League, as it was so called, the level—you know—the level you're going up now is—it's on another grade. And you know, I'm sure it's—I wouldn't get into figures, but I'm sure it's, I'm sure it can't be cheap. So you gotta, you know, you gotta go, go gung ho and all into it. So I, I look I, for myself. I, I wish you the best. Look, it's—it's—it's it's, it's fantastic to get it uh, to get it going. And uh, yeah, looking forward to a couple of games over the season. Thanks very much. Cheers.
Yeah, thanks a million, Bernard. And I think, you know, just again, to remind anybody if they want to get up to watch uh, the match tomorrow night or tomorrow at one o'clock, it's it's history in the making, isn't it? You know, it's, it's there's only one time that a Dundalk team is going to, a ladies team is going to be able to play the first game at home uh, and to get it against Rovers as well. Go and stand in the shed and shout abuse at the Rovers players. It doesn't matter the gender, just uh, let, them, let them know where they are, you know. Uh, Absolutely, without, that's what it's thanks, all about. Thanks a million uh, for coming on, Bernard. I wish you the best of luck with the plan. And in about three or four years, if there's any jobs, let me know and I'll I'll, I'll fly home. <laughs> Absolutely, no problem at all. Listen, lad, thanks very much for having us on. Really appreciate Cheers, it. Bernard. Thanks very much. Cheers, Bernard. Always grafting, lads. Always <laughs> trying to get that job. But, uh, I'm trying to think so, of the last, the last guest that was on that you haven't asked for a job for at the I end know. of the interview. Yeah. Yeah, constituting yourself out there. <laughs> so, so, someday somebody will say just, yes. Just try to subliminally tell people I want to move home. You know, and Emily's listening here in the background as well. So she needs to the second one. It's very, like, it, very it's, subtle. It's great to see. It's look at you. You know, I, I have a passion for for girls soccer and stuff. But you know, to see it at that level, and look, it, it was at a high level back in the day. But it, it, it took an awful nosedive and looked for whatever reasons. You don't need to get into that. But uh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic to see. Like you know, I, I'm looking. For, I look. For, I look as forward to this as I do watching the lads. You know, like it's it's you know, it, it's a, it's great to see. Like to see the best of the best. I know. I know a lot of a couple from Glebe North. I was reading. You know, the the coach coached them under seven and stuff like that. But even Bern was saying last week they played Bulls under 17s with the Dundalk manager is the next Bulls coach. So look at it's all. It's tying up nicely for them, and yeah, look at them. Looking forward to watching some cracker because my my under fourteens when they entered the league playing Sundays at the minute, so I'm I'm looking forward to getting up to Oriel on the Saturday evening to watch the matches. So uh, yeah, look, it's going to be uh, it's it's nice to see the the girls taking centre stage for, over the lads for for a couple of hours. And yeah. Gally, so like, yes, is the, would that be a pathway from from your club into Dundalk FC? Well, if they get the, the ATP, that'd be their pathway first, yeah. But absolutely, yeah. yeah. Look at that's you know, that's that'd so be the natural contracts get long term. They'll be they'll be, they'll be, they'll be signing sure contracts, yeah. Take them from yeah. I'll, be, I'll be signing when when they get to the right age. We'll be signing contracts, and they'll be uh, they won't be going for a small fee. I think yeah, it's so, great. Isn't it? It's great that you know there is a pathway now to to the top top level within the area. You know, yeah. because as you say, Gally does. It was Dundalk Town Ladies, wasn't it? Before was it Dundalk Town Ladies? They, Dundalk, they Dundalk City. Dundalk City, Dundalk City ladies. Um, uh, yeah, was, yeah, and just what you said, like that was it. Like, if you didn't get on that team, you were kind of they would have been a senior squad. So there was a 16s and a 14s that played MGL, but you would have had to go to Dublin then. So when all that kind of died away, like we've seen it, Sophie Waters, Lynn Craven, Grace Murray, um, so the other girl escapes me, uh, and Lyd- Lydian Lynch from Blog. These have all gone to Dublin, you know, when, they, when they, it could have been an Oriel, and now it is. and First job as soon as you get to the women, them girls are going to be mid twenties. So I'd be getting them back as 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 you know, offering captain, vice captain, whatever they want to do to get them back up in Oriel Park. Because that, like, to have that as your benchmark for the team and then the, the the young ones around them, yeah, look, that's that's what you want. Right, Gally, if I'm going in as manager, I'll take you in as sporting director there because you've good ideas director. to get a couple of top yeah. players. Me, me and Jim, I'll be the next sporting director after Jim. Jim. <laughs> Don, you're going to be the analysis and uh, analyst, and Steph, I'll bring you in as my assistant. All right, psychologist. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> um, but yeah, fair no, play. look, it's fair. Yeah, fair play to Bernard and all the all the work that's been done in the club, and hopefully, um, hopefully, it's a success for everybody, and and I hope that five year plan they, they stick it out. You know, but I think it. 
it bodes well for the future. But um, going back to tonight, as we've seen all the other results again, reminder we're going to do our um, man of the match award in a couple of minutes. So if you if you want to pick anybody, um, let us know soon enough in the next few minutes. But look, one one seven points out of uh, with five games played, seven points out of fifteen, not looking great. I mean, don't want to get too carried away yet. Um, how do we how do we feel about that? The points tally, Steph, you look a bit confused there. I'm not confused. I, I just heard you saying not great, but um, look. I mean, in terms of the point, in terms bar, of the points, you know what I mean. In terms of the points, bar a mistake, yeah. bar a mistake tonight, we would have been well up there. I think we I think what Rovers are top and we're two points behind them. So shove that up your hole. <laughs> 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 no, just, I'm just, uh, I'm just cut that I'm out there for Chris and Chris yeah. back and advertise it this week's pod. <laughs> no, but look, I, I look. I thought it was. I thought it was a good performance, and yeah. I thought we'd done a lot of good things. And like I keep hopping on every week, that we're just learning. We're learning to play with each other. We're learning the system. I thought we closed down off the ball very well <coughs> tonight. We limited them to hardly anything. I think they had the chance at the back post, which was skied over the bar, and there wasn't a whole lot pile apart from the silly mistake for the penalty. Um, so on another night, we we win that game, and we pick up the three points. I suppose that like maybe further down the season, we'll see out games like that, or we'll hold on to the ball more, be more more progressive and more direct. But I think we're just still learning. We're still learning at the minute, and. I think anybody that has any criticism of the team at the minute has been very, very harsh. We probably could have more points on the board, but I, I think you just have to support them at the minute and really yeah. get behind them. Like Rovers on Monday night, you'd love to see a big crowd there and get behind, get behind the team, and hopefully that can lift them to a couple of percentages and to make the draws into wins or a late goal to get an equaliser or something like that. But I think this this team's learning all the time. Like if you if you look at the last three games, what well, we've conceded one goal in three games. So yeah. we're talking about being solid at the back, and tonight was a penalty. So we've we've conceded a penalty in the last three games. So maybe I'm just being over positive about it, but I think we just really need to give them a chance and get behind them. Yeah, yeah. I oh, know. No, I agree. You know, I was just saying that just in obviously the manner in which we drew the game tonight, it feels like. You know, I, I, think, I think I think the commentator said it was was at one point gained or three points dropped. So I don't know where he's getting the added point from. That's him but, sacking the model. Uh, but Donald, I suppose again to, to go on Steph's positivity there. You know, looking at um, five games in unbeaten, um, I think that has to be seen as a positive. I don't know in the dressing room if they'll feel like that after after tonight. But I mean, they'll probably wake up tomorrow and they will see that positive side. You know, so that has to still bode well. We haven't lost a game yet. Yeah, and apart from, say, going back even to the first game, um, the chance that Derry had a couple of minutes to go where they hit the bar, like, that's the closest we've come to losing the game. We haven't been holding on. We haven't been, like, scrambling and, like, clearing shots off the line and just, like, madness and chaos in the box trying to keep a clean sheet. Like, we've been comfortable in in, in every game really since then, you know? Um, like, you were looking at it like we're we would be more likely to have gained an extra four points rather than lost two of those games. Like you think of the Bose game, we could have won at the end 
and then obviously tonight we we should have won tonight you know obviously last week doesn't count because uh, that wasn't a, that wasn't a proper football match but um no I, it's it's very very easy to be confident um about being unbeaten I think the problem the problem is going to be outside like the squad themselves can be happy that they're unbeaten and they'll know how well they've played in these games and they'll analyze everything and they'll be able to see what they can improve on and what they've done well but when it's like you said seven points from from 15 and then say the first loss does come on Monday night against the others it the narrative can start to turn a bit you know like it's it's yeah. not like within within the club they can be like look you're playing against the um the one and a half times champions so you might lose that's just everybody might lose but um there's like I don't think Steph's been too positive you know I think that's the right way to look at it yeah. but the problem is going to be that they we felt like going into the Finn Harks game that they could really have done with the three points just to get the monkey off the back just to get the win and take off and I think tonight might have been the same kind of thing it would have been brilliant to get the extra two points tonight not the extra three points on top of the draw that we apparently could have gotten I don't know how you get that extra bonus point but uh, I have to look into it but I think it would have just it would have just cushioned it a little bit going into Monday because say we get another draw on Monday now we're going to win Monday so this is all the mood points so it doesn't matter but if we don't win Monday then you're going to draw it on the, the Friday night and suddenly it's an absolutely massive game. And not long term over like this the course of the season, the three points aren't going to be as big as it's going to feel like on that night. But that's going to be a massive atmosphere up there. Um and the boys are gonna another it's gonna be another learning curve for them. So I think the positivity, I think it's right to be positive about what we have. And we do have lots of like really good players and there's lots to be positive about. I think I said positive about a hundred times. Um, the power of positivity. The power of, if I just keep saying it, it's going to get that's into just, That's a psychology head. course kicking in. Subliminal messages in. Yeah. Um, but no, it's the... I think Monday night is going to be... Monday night's going to be a special night. Like I, like you said, love it was absolutely jam-packed on Monday night and there was a brilliant atmosphere. Like There should be, but it's just a shame it's a Monday night. But... Um, I just want to. I, I want to. We were talking about the. Well, we weren't talking about it, but uh, the the others were playing bows tonight, and it wasn't on the TV. And I'd like to commend RT for not showing it because they obviously knew what was going to happen. It was much better watching Wales and France in the egg ball game. <laughs> but um, yeah, look, I think seven points to fifteen doesn't sound brilliant on paper, but I think it's a lot. There's a lot more to be positive about than that. Just the last thing I'm going to say. Positivity. Yeah. Positivity. That's the word of the day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I look at, as I say, maybe I phrased it wrong earlier when I said that. And no, stuff, no, no. So you did. I, you did. I think, uh, I think Peter's just more disappointed because you're leading again and look at, you were leading against Derry twice. Yeah. So it's just more disappointment. It's not, it's not that, you know, geez, well, we have no right to be hammering anybody. What are we, six minutes into the game, like into the season. But uh, yeah, you're just more disappointed you didn't get the win. But look, that's, look at, a point it could be a very good point you know seven or eight months time you know yeah and i mean there are, we were up against the best manager that's ever managed in the league and um, the greatest and the best midfield and, in the league and, and the yeah. giant and the giant as well so 
when you take all that into account, it actually was a great point. So thanks, Steph, for, for clarifying all that for me, pal. No problem. Uh, but yeah, look, we'll move from uh, a giant to a giant bag of shite for Monday night. Uh, we're up against up against Shamrock Rovers. Um, it's gonna be look. It's gonna be a tough ask, but do you expect do you expect them to go back to probably at an eleven that we've been a little bit more familiar with in the four games previous, Steph? Yeah, I think looking at the starting lineup, we sort of said it was a lineup sort of with Monday in mind. Um. Even Bradley coming off at halftime, I hope that was just, you know, saving him up for Monday night possibly because he's 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 the one that has played all the time. So, um, yeah, look, I think we'll go back to back to more of the starting eleven that we were used to in the first couple of games, and then give it a real go. I think the crowd can get behind the team, and we get an early goal, or even we can just get in front at some stage. Do you know? I think we'd be hard bet. We have that in our heads now that you know we're on beating, so it'd be nice to keep that run going. Yeah, yeah. And Gally, are you hoping uh, or are you expecting that there'll be a big crowd in Oriel? I mean, the games, those midweek games, we always seem to land one midweek game a season against Rovers, and they are, as Donald said, always special nights. And um, yeah, the, atm- I mean, the atmosphere is nearly what gets the team over the line, you know. So you'd be hoping there'll be a big crowd there, won't you? Yeah, I. I, I... Like the only re- like, there's no real reason why there wouldn't be, you know. I like, I know it's a Monday, but it might actually suit more people, you know. Um, I think it'd be, I think it could be a bumper crowd. Uh, like it's, at the end of the day, it's, it's it's not just a Monday night match. It's Shamrock Rovers in Oriel, you know. It's 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 a massive, it's a massive game, especially you know what are we seven games into the season after that? So like, you know, yeah, I think it's gonna be a huge game. I I, I think I, I I'm not saying it'll be a seller, but I definitely think we'll have a massive crowd at it, and it'll be electric. I'm just hoping. It's not absolutely bucketing down with rain, um, because the pitch is slick enough. But uh, no, I think it'll be, I think it'll be a, a, a massive game. Is that my? Is that me? No. <laughs> I think it's going to be a massive. You're getting the kettle ready for the tea <laughs> after, the, after the party. Yeah. Like, there's always you always get like every team in the country gets up for Rovers when they when they come to the home ground for, for a League of Ireland game, and like like Steph said, you want to keep your unbeaten. You know, if you can keep it unbeaten after a game like that. That's what will be in the back of our minds. Um, I hate to call it, you know, but I, 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 you know, I definitely think we can get something out of it. But they'll be up for it. Of course, they will be. It's the dog against Rovers. Of course, they'll be up for it. You know, we've, you know, I, I think, I think it's actually better as on a Monday. I think it just it, it gives it that little bit of extra, you know, because you've got. I know what. I think you're not playing Friday, Monday, Friday, but that's the way the league's fallen over the last couple of weeks. But I think it's actually better on a Monday night. Something a little bit different. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward. I think everybody's looking forward. To it. Even yeah. Rovers fans. Are they getting tickets? Did they get tickets? What do you get? Ten percent? I don't know. Whatever don't they can Don't care team. about them. Yeah. It don't matter. Just uh, a ticket for atmosphere. Yeah. Be interesting uh, to see what team they pick. Because they've they have enough players that can you can almost like just swap out like their entire midfield yeah. or uh we've seen a couple Price of times they play full back over <laughs> over midweek games. But um it'd just be interesting, yeah, because I don't know if um, I didn't look at the their team tonight, but I assumed they'd make some changes. Like we'll make changes, so be interesting to see who they uh, pick. But um, I the uh, I was actually curious to see what you what you all thought of that the the changes that he made for tonight. Um, 
because we know we've been calling it for Keith Ward to, like, say, start a game, but there's no chance he's starting on Monday. Like, no. even if he even if he hadn't played tonight, he's there's no way he's playing on Monday. And you think you like want to pack the midfield as much as possible. So I don't know. Was did it? it I guess it would have paid off if they won, but to not put what he what we assume is the strongest eleven out tonight. Did how do we how do we feel about that? Because I know it's like we were saying that we picked a team with Monday in mind, but they still at the game tonight. Yeah, well, uh, I, I'd probably be thinking, you know, is and Steph, you might answer this one. Like Hanratty, I think will probably be in contention to start on Monday night. I think he's done enough that there's probably uh, there's been question marks over how McCarry does on that side. You know, I, I know Sam Bowen played there didn't he um, last weekend on the left side, but there has been question marks over having that right-footed player. And I think on the whole, our back four looked a little bit more balanced just having that left-footer on that side of the pitch. And Steph, do you think he, he might be in frame to, to start? Yeah, I think he could. Look, the only thing that's really stopping him, I think you said it was his first competitive start um, in the league. So just the experience might count against him. But um, I don't know if, if you'd hold many fears of putting him in. Like if he, if he was to go in, it wouldn't be... Like he'd be totally going, you know, we're going to struggle here. But um, look, it's a big call to make, and that's why Stevie O'Donnell's in that position. He'll know better than anybody if if he was just, you know, resting people up, resting Macari up. He might go in left full again. Not really sure. I think he will. I think he'll go for like a sort of ball players now that like Doyle in the middle. I think might play. I thought he'd done okay when he came on. Yeah. He keeps the ball really well. He, he's intelligent, and you're gonna you're gonna need to hold on to the ball as much as you can. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Like, look, I think Dan Kelly might have might have come in for a start. Just his pace on on a counter attack might have might have suited us. The way they play with the three three centre halves and the space might be in behind in behind the wing backs. But you know he's going to be out now. Maybe he was resting Adams as well and. You just don't know. It just come. It just seems, from my experience, that he is gonna. He's gonna go back to players that he did. But I, I don't think um, Hanrady done himself any any harm tonight. I think he he done himself more favors than anything else. Yeah, and I suppose look, five games in, we're kind of seeing what his, his tactics are and how he likes to play it. I wonder will he be as ambitious or maybe as. Uh, yeah, as ambitious maybe Stephen Kenny was, where he wouldn't sit back in a game like this, you know, where is he going to try and just play his normal game? Because Rovers are Rovers are a team that, as you say, it's seven, eight teams in the league are going to sit back and let them play. And sometimes if you go the opposite way and you actually take them on, that's when you get results against them. So that's probably going to be an interesting call from do, do we actually sit deep and do we just try frustrate them and catch them on the count or does he actually go for it like he has been doing in the last couple of games? I feel like his Pats teams last season were very, very compact against Rovers. Like, that they didn't... Now, I, I think there's only a couple of times I would have seen them play against them, but it felt like they were very, very compact, very organised, very hard to break down. Like, the kind of performances we've had now the last few games. So, um, it's not, it wasn't the guy that had the mug of tea. Um, but, yeah, so I, I assume it will be the same... Like Steph was saying, like that not having Kelly, I'd say is a is a big blow for Monday, um, to have that counter attack pace. But 
it's up to someone else to step in there. But I imagine it'll be as compact as possible. And uh, yeah, maybe Doyle goes in there as well. And it's just an extra ball player in there, an extra ball winner as well, you know? So, um, but that's what I'd expect. But like, games can be, the games between the two teams have been, uh, like, there wasn't, there's a lot of times where there's not very much in, like, between the two teams, you know? And like, it just comes down to the odd free kick or corner or goalkeeping mistake or something. So, like, I'm, I know we haven't done the predictions or whatever, but, I know what I'm, I know what my prediction is, so I'll uh, I'll just wait until we get to it, and then you can you'll never guess what I think is going to happen. <laughs> I'm, yeah, well, I'm due to go first in the predictions at some stage this season. Yeah, I suppose uh, before we go into that, we'll go into our man of the match for tonight. Um, Gally, who's your pick for that? Uh, oh, I, I I'm just going to base it purely on just the influence on the and on the scoreline. And I'm just gonna I'm gonna go for Pat Hoban. Um, I see a couple of Robbie Bensons. Yeah, look, I, I thought he was, I thought I thought they played well. I, I I'm just gonna go for Hoban. I'm just gonna make it very simple. I'm not gonna get into it. I just it, for the influence on the goal, I, like Ward would be Ward could be another one, but no, I, I'm just gonna stick with Pat Hoban because he put the ball in the back and had hundred goals. Look at the man of the match for me. Where were the other ninety-nine? Like Kelly, I didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Donald. Um yeah, I it's I for me, it's between the the two the two guys and um, our kid at left back. But uh, I'll I actually go with Robbie Benson because, and I think it's important as well. Just saying that, like between Hooven and himself, like those are the two lads that are going to play every single match, every single minute if they're fit. Um, and I think you can really see the importance of the two of them on the team. Um, and I thought Robbie Benson was great. Um, probably like. He probably played exactly the same as he always does. Like he, you get the, almost the same performance out of him. Same as Hooven, this professionalism in both of them that you get the same performance almost every time. So, but I thought he was very good and very important tonight. Uh, so I go with Bobby Renson. <laughs> Steph, actually, I'll go first. Yeah. Go on ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, I know you were texting me and giving out about Hooven just before he scored again. Don't even stop. But um, look, I thought his work rate was brilliant. He was look, he was living off a bit of scraps at times, but he was holding on to the ball. Hanratty, I thought was good considering it was his first game on an away match up at Talca against a against a tough team. Like I thought, um, J.R. Wilson was their best player, but I thought Benson. Benson like makes us tick and he he moves the ball, he picks up these positions. Like sometimes you'd be thinking that can't be Benson on this side, on the right hand side, and then you know, matter of seconds later he's on the left hand side linking the ball up and he's so clever and keeps the ball. Um I just I think he just slightly shaded it for me, Benson. Brilliant. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Benson as well because it makes it easy to pick our, our pizza winner. So uh <laughs> I know, look, I, I think he just, again, we're seeing every week, aren't we, what we missed with him over the last uh, the last couple of seasons. So it's great to have him back in there and have that work great and have that kind of person dictating the game in, in the middle of the park. So Robbie Benson for me. And I think the winner tonight of the pizza is Katie McEnany. There we go, Katie. Congratulations. Well, Katie. 
And then I suppose look, we'll try wrap up uh, early because we'll be back on Monday night. We'll go with the predictions. Um, Steph, I'll let you go first, pal. Yeah, I, um, one nil Dundalk. Straight in, done. no mess. Love it. Done. Just no. Done. I think. I think it's going to be a set piece, and uh, I think set. again, and I think Andy Boyle is going to score set. this time. Set Boyle. piece. Just taking notes. <laughs> Andy. I Boyle. think we're going to score in the thirty-seventh minute. Wished. <clears throat> it's going to be a corner. The, the crowd's really going to get behind us. Some they're crack at this They're going to put a bit of pressure on, but we're going to hold out. Um, young Shepard's going to learn from his mistake the last time, and uh, Hanradi's going to be bombing down the left-hand side. Steph, we lost seven uh, seven viewers there as you were going through that. Gally? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to go 2-0. I'm going to really stick my neck out on this one. I'm going to go 2-0 to the dog. I just think the crowd Monday night will be up for it. I, I, Rovers haven't done enough for me this season. I, I, I don't think I know the top of the league. I get it, but I don't think they've been. I think too many players. I said this hours. I think too many boys to keep happy. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to go two 0 Completely regret it, but I'm going two 0 I'm not going to get into the goal scores. But I think Bradley. Oh, no, you have to. You have to know. Well, then I go. I go Bradley on the double because just because it's Stephen Bradley coming to town, Bradley's <laughs> got to get a goal, hasn't he? Hopefully, yeah. Uh, don't. Yeah, uh, I'm going with a dark win. I'm going for a 2-1. Um, I'm going to say that we're going to be 2-0 up uh, with, a, with a 15 minutes to go and we're going to give up a stupid goal and we're going to be uh, living on our nerves for the last 15 minutes and the place will be absolutely rocking. They're the best, mates. And we'll hold on for a 2-1 win. And who, when the whistle goes, whoever has the ball will punt the ball out out of the stadium, way down the Carrick Road, uh, <laughs> busting someone's window in the car. It'll be a great night. Oh, Jesus. I don't know the Carrick yeah. Road in then. <laughs> That's why it's the second rate podcast. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go 2-1 as well, Donald. Sorry to tell you, but uh, that's, that's my prediction every week, so I'm sticking with it. I'm going to say Hulk Hoban's going to score in the first half. And I heard the, the commentators tonight saying that Disco Dave McMillan was, was warming up pre-match and he was doing a run before the game. So I think he's going to come on and he's going to be the hero and score in the last six minutes. I'm not going to say the exact minute, but he's going to See score See, we just started, Steph. We're all getting into this very <laughs> technical news. This is what you started. I, I'm trying to get week. it to one hour. I'm trying to get it to an hour. So. But yeah, I'm going to say that uh, Disco Dave is going to get the, get the winner for us. He's going to come back and it'll be like he's never gone. So... We're going to beat Rovers, and... and I think I think maybe anybody watching thinking probably thinking well, I'm mad and thinking think we're going to turn Rovers. But I think Oriel Park against Rovers is a difference, and we haven't really had it. Do you know that kind of way we've had COVID and stuff? I know there were some games at Oriel last year, but now we're all everybody's back. Anybody's you know season tickets are back. Everybody's going to be up at it. I I, I I can't. You know, it, it's made it's made for a good night of football. Um, I, I think if we I think if we can keep a clean sheet, I, I, I think we'll definitely score. I, I just think the night that's in it. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. The only thing is I've trained until 7 o'clock, so uh, I'm hoping to leave very, very, very quick. So I could be doing the pot of my own then after. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Chris, Chris is out there texting me now. He said, uh, one all, Chris Shields penalty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that'd be so bad. Chris is already picking him as man of the match as well. Uh, but look, I suppose we'll wrap it up there for tonight. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. Um, thanks very much to Bernard Freeman for coming on to talk about the, the ladies' football. 
the under 17 girls are playing in Oriel Park tomorrow against Shamrock Rovers. You get your warm up from on the night. Um, Steph, we're going to leave you with the bottom line tonight. We're all happy hand raddies. <laughs>